0: On the Empire Podcast this week, we shall go to the ball, courtesy of our guest, Cinderella director Sir Kenneth Branagh, plus all the usual movie news and nonsense on the movie podcast It is ready, willing and available to join One Direction at a moment's notice. Or Top Gear, or One Gear, or Top Direction, anything, anything, that we're just here, just give us a shout, call us anytime, 24-7. Hello Pod, I'm Chris Hewitt, welcome to the Empire Podcast as ever. I'm joined by two colleagues of such lethal cunning. It's a regular sausage fest this week. <laughs> no Helen O'Hara. Um, and I'm not entirely sure there's going to be three of us in this podcast for the duration of the podcast, because one of us is at, on the uh, verge of death. Isn't that right? Art house guru, Phil assembly.
1: Yeah, Ali's really struggling.
0: Really struggling. Really struggling.
1: Yeah, Luke, he's looking a bit piqued. Yeah. No, uh, Ali's, in, Ali, Ali's, Ali's in, in good shape. Good shape. I'm You're the one who's in to... good shape, so I want to apologise to you, the listeners yeah. for sounding like i've been dragged in from some sort of influenza outbreak in the 1920s you
0: can't see phil right now but his eyes are
1: watering and red (laughs) he's sniffling and sneezing
0: uh on a regular basis basically if this were a a movie uh he would be coughing at the beginning of the podcast (laughs) uh there'd be blood in the hanky and you'd be dead by the time we got to the reviews uh ali plum is also here our film fact fiend how are you sir i'm good thanks yeah you okay i'm fine thanks i'm a bit worried about being in close proximity to Phil. Oh come on! I think he might kill us. Uh, we have a question, as ever. This has been sent in via email this week. This is from Andrew in Bristol. I don't think that's his last name. I think that's where he lives. Uh, he says, "Dear Pod, that's us." What? Are, <laughs> okay, this is weird one. What are your favorite scenes of, <laughs> of
2: self-surgery, Phil? Yeah. This, is, this, this could be more wow. apt uh, in film. Uh, mine include Blue Ruin and Predator. Yeah, he sews himself up. It's it's kind of grim. Yeah.
1: And then he has a really really profound haircut. A profound haircut. I don't know yeah. if that counts as self-surgery. But um it's an interesting question. It's, I mean, it's we talking it's, about it's Predator 2.
0: No, Predator 1 with well, the uh the uh, it's actually the the predator that, that performs surgery on itself. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, when it is injured and it uh and it it screams in pain
2: and that lets Arnie know that it's it's around and it's pissed off and it's coming for him. Uh and but it, yeah, leads it, you know, this is the moment of any film where I look away. I cannot abide it. It's not something I can handle. Anybody actually going, not only am I already in a lot of pain, but I'm going to perform needle and thread based. Yeah. If it's a sticky back plaster, fine, got it, mm-hmm. I'm in.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Or it's rolling up some blue roll and putting some sellotape over it, fine. Yeah. But if it's actually taking a gangrenous wound or, or chopping off a leg or
1: something like that. What about the bit when they're doing the walk-off in Zoolander and he has his eyebrow plucked? <laughs> <laughs> take it, take it. And he's grimacing in agony. Yeah, that that, that style. I, that <laughs> I can handle. Um, really? No, I, that makes sense. It is kind of counterintuitive to watch somebody having surgery performed on themselves by themselves. Do we think? Ben- Ram- yeah, Rambo does it as well. Rambo does it. Yeah, it, it does. It is a bit grusing. of a staple, isn't it? Yeah, in, it's, it's that thing where the guy is just—he needs to prove his kind of me man motherness. Yeah, I mean, it's not just men, I guess, in movies that do it, but it tends to be, I suppose. The Charlie's Theron in Prometheus, when she under when she undergoes the... Yes. Noomi pace. I'm sorry. I'm getting my... It's, yeah. the, it's the delirium. It's setting it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, possibly the fever. Um, yeah, the C-section bit. That's pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. That definitely counts.
1: Well, she programmed
0: herself again. Yeah. <laughs> Grimbags.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, there's been so much One Direction news, I'm using the vernacular.
0: How are you holding up with the news about St. Malik leaving what One Direction? Just, what did
1: you just say, Ali? Grimbags. What does that
0: mean? Means grim. Harry's still there, right? Well, you know the names. This is good. Okay, how many? How many other members of One Direction can you? That's own? it. Harry, oh, and now okay. we know about Terence Malik. Terence Malik has left, which is which is a massive shame. <laughs> uh, Saying he's left. There's still Niall, Harry, Louis, and Liam. There you go. Boom. Boom. Good job. Dun, Very Done. Didn't even have to Google that as well. It's amazing. Uh,
2: Ali, any more? Ali, Ali Plum. I honestly run away from them. I am the worst person really? to ask about this. How
0: did you sit through 127 hours in the crucial scene?
2: in that? I did not watch it for that very reason. You have, still haven't seen it? Truly, it is my fear. There's that and accidentally when you're fly fishing, mm-hmm. the hook being caught in your tongue. <gasps> that is my Ooh. ultimate Ooh. nightmare. Ooh. So anything to do with either that or sewing yourself up or performing cutting off your leg because it's got an infection or gangrene cannot do it. This is the worst question. For that people.
1: happened to me once Ooh.
2: when I was a kid. You cut off
1: your leg? Y- yeah, it grew back. No, I mean, I was standing behind someone who was casting. I think, uh, casting or fly-fishing?
2: I don't want to hear it this. It kind of
1: went, yeah. <laughs> <It> kinda, <laughs> I don't, and and uh, honestly, when I say it, I know it's in a <laughs> yeah. fictional
2: universe. You're saying, it, it happened to my happened. mate. No, it happened oh. to me.
1: Oh. It happened to you? <laughs> it happened to me. I got one in the forehead.
2: Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah,
1: I may be exaggerating exactly how serious it was. And then he kind of, like, oh. flung me out to sea and then reeled me in And when I've got a massive one here. And it was me. <laughs> <laughs> That may not be exactly that, how it yeah. happened, but it was something along those lines. Um, what about what about Tom Hanks in Castaway, when he needs to mm-hmm. have his tooth?
3: Because mm-hmm. that's
1: one of the worst ones. Like You take it for granted, but mm. you're in a difficulty. You're going to get tooth problems. Yeah. And all you've got to do to yeah. deal with it is an ice skate, um, which Tom, is still preferable to most of the dentists I've been to in this country, I'll well, be honest.
0: It's, it, it, uh, it, it's up there with a, a scene I mentioned, actually, fairly recently in the podcast, which was... Uh, Helen was talking about Affliction the Paul Schrader film Affliction Ooh, yeah. where Nick Nolte uh, pulls out there's a tooth that's been causing him have you seen it? No The a tooth that's been causing him problems all the way through the movie and eventually he decides that the tooth which is also functions as a metaphor uh, needs to be removed and so he basically drinks a bottle of whiskey and bites down hard and, oh, and they just Grabs it and he gets a pair of pliers and he's, yes. and he's in one shot, and his face just gets oh. redder and redder. And it's <laughs> stop,
2: ship, stop ship. and he's like, He's like that, and eventually it out comes. That's that's, an, that's
1: fun. That's the most uh, naughty thing I've ever heard. I tell uh. you what,
2: I can handle it, and I know it's not like self surgery, but the Terminator popping out bullets in Terminator 2, I can yeah. do that. Yeah, totally so, happy with that.
1: Yeah. Or peeling his arm back. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a bit like, ooh. It's a bit yeah, fierce, right.
0: but. Um, I'm really squeamish about stuff like this. I mean, you know, I, like the blood test sequence, anything in a movie that involves syringes, needles, or scalpel, like people cutting themselves, like, you know, so the blood test scene in mm. The Thing, which isn't the same category remotely, but there's always yes. a bit where, you know, where they cut into the thumb, and you know it's just a special effect. And you know there's a little wire going, there's a little tube going up the side of the scalpel yeah. that squirts out the blood. But even so, it just every time that in that
2: movie with all its grossness, that's, that's the thing me. that gets yes. me every time. The scenes I love are the ones where it's a little bit like the Dark Knight Rises when you go broken my legs, broken my back, I'm covered in death and blood and <laughs> crap. But I've got this, uh, I've got this shatter-resistant ruler. I'm going to celebrate that to my leg. <laughs> uh, I've got this banana, which I'm going to put just by my back. I'm going to put some blue tack on that, and then uh, I'm going to get myself a nice pot of yogurt. That's nice. That'll make me feel nice. And then I might have a cup of tea, and then I'll go fight a really big monster back or here, whatever. Action. But I like those. Well, a bit of this, bit of that, my guy for my body together, and yeah. I'm fighting fit.
1: They are good. And also, as a sort of adjunct to that, when, when the guy is injured and he knows what he's doing when he goes into boots or whatever the local pharmacy is and he just gets all the things yes, he needs. Yeah, I love that. I'd be like, I've got, I've got strep sores, might need <laughs> shower gel for later, bag of that. Um, I just wouldn't know. We wouldn't Condoms know. Condoms just get. in case. Yes, you <laughs> never know. You never know. You never know.
2: Yeah, that's always impressive. It's kind of the montage of yes, you need the second act low point. But yeah. You've got the third act montage of.
1: Mm. Pharmacy, improvised surgery the pharmacy um Smashing supermarket graph. sweep mm. and they're always very focused they don't go I'll have make, need some of those ones for later when we're celebrating the fact that I've beaten whatever's maybe injured now with the other stuff that I'm using some of the maybe some tranquilizers for my next flight they were very <laughs> like I'm just going to take the things the iodine and the the super painkiller and the ruler and the banana. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Except I'm in boots, they don't stop bananas. Please,
2: what am I doing? My, my boots. Do they? Whatever you do, do not perform any surgery based on my um, albeit tried and tested techniques.
1: No. We need to get this podcast sponsored by like, the Red Cross. That would make sense. I think so. You think so? <laughs> yeah, super squeamish. It's watching The Theory of Everything, actually. Mm-hmm. And there was a really squeamish bit in that that also reminded me of the really squeamishest thing I think I've seen in a long time, which is in Senna. No, it isn't. It's in Rush. Where um, where Nicky Lauda has his tracheotomy, the throat hoover, the throat hoover thing, the throover Oh my god, oh. the throover is it's yeah. not called anywhere. It's
2: appalling, and he just he just he doesn't say hit
1: me, but he does
2: say like do it oh. again, don't yeah. stop. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, mm. He couldn't say hit me because his voice is so <laughs> sore.
1: Good news, Nicky, it's the latest facts. It's the latest Dyson, in fact. Uh,
2: yeah, it was. A, that's a bad one. Oh, that would have been bad if he had to do it by himself. Christ, self hoovering.
0: Yeah, I just thought of a, a good one. Master and Commander. Yes, that's a good one. Doesn't Bob Etty have to oversee his own, own his own surgery? He oversees oh, yeah. his own surgery. yes, yeah. That's pretty Which cool. Is... Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, screamish. We apologise to any listeners who may have passed out in the <laughs> middle of that question. Good stuff, though. I like that. I should be watching all those films and and throwing up later on. Um, Remember,
2: banana, blue tack, bad back, gone. Ruler. Simple, simple, Ruler. simple. Simple. I Speaking like. it. Speaking of simple, yes, we're not plugging anybody here. But Orange Wednesdays is back in another form. I know that was a that was a thing. We we're upset about it, or at least yeah. a little anxious about it. Early uh, late last year, and now it's back. Uh, it's now called Meerkat Mondays. Meerkat movies. Meerkat movies. that's Meerkat it. Meerkat movies because it's it Monday take... and Tuesdays. Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday. And Wednesday. Oh well, I've got this totally right. Well done, <laughs> me. I'm here with all the news, guys. Chris, take <laughs> it away. <laughs>
0: yeah. So. Um so it turned out that Orange Wednesdays wasn't actually Orange's thing. It was just something that they sponsored and lent their names to for years, and it was great. And they got loads of people in the cinema. Anyone who goes to the cinema, if you're an Orange customer and you, you know, mm. or mates with one, or mate or- to one, you went to the cinema on Wednesdays, and generally speaking, they would be jam packed, which would be yeah. great to see. And so Orange pulled out last year. You know, Orange had now been taken over by EE, who've then been bought by BT. But we, you know, and then they, they, but this is actually the cinema chains of done this and they, they sent it out to, to tender loads of other companies came in with pitches and compare the market dot com with the talking meerkats Simples. Um, uh they, they they won by apparently pledging uh, hundreds of millions that's something I read hundreds of millions
2: of uh, pounds of sponsorship over the next five years or so they love the marketing compare the meerkat uh, were willing to really promote it and plug it uh, from your extensive knowledge mm. do you have to be a customer of this yes it? You so you have to use their site, yes, and then you get given a code. Correct. That isn't as easy as having a mate with an orange mobile phone. not, is it?
0: However, you can see from their point of view, it's a good thing because it might make people, and this is a weird thing, but it actually might make people
2: consider going to compare the market. <laughs> how many, plug, how <laughs> how many, plug, mean, how many plugs? Look this. how many plugs we've just given them. Well, well here's God. the thing, they're getting the ultimate, the ultimate advertising boost, which is getting about 18 mentions on the Empire podcast, which is worth approximately an advertising dollar. 4 pounds. 50 I would say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Simple. I've done it again. Stop it. I've done it again. But I just, I've, I have a slight issue with this. I mean, yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday is great. It's two days a week rather than one day a week is fine. Can I, have, can I have two tickets to see a film, please? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Can I, um, can I redeem my Meerkat Movies voucher? What was that, Meerkat Movies?
2: Yes, I said it, Meerkat Movies. It's, it's. I know. They just need to. They need to change the name. The unfortunate thing about it
1: is that it's very lame. Yeah. It's not that
2: it isn't good. It's just very lame. Yeah. Mm.
0: Oh,
1: good. Well, yeah. Till such a point as they make a movie starring the sodding meerkats, <laughs> then I'm okay. But that's coming at some point. It's it? Coming. coming. Cousin or lag, simples, or whatever they do. I don't
0: know. Anyway, uh, if you want to have a question read out in the Empire Podcast, uh, you could tweet us. We're at Empire Magazine. Use the hashtag Empire Podcast. We're on Facebook as well, Empire Magazine, and as uh, Andrew. Yes, Andrew from Bristol uh, did this week. You can email us podcast at empireonline. Uh, Okay. Hello, Phil. Do you know what else you can do? What can I do? You can download Fiber. You can download Fiber. That's absolutely right. Although you will not be able to submit a question to us on Fiber. But we are now on Fiber. Uh, We have uh, an Empire Magazine chat room, if you use the app Fiber, where you can see Phil, Ali, myself, James Dyer and Nick every day uh, discussing the day's movie news and whatever else pops into our heads. We'll post videos, pictures, not candid nude shots and uh and other movie related musings on there
1: every single day we are literally trapped in a glass case of chad <laughs> and we can't have any interaction with anyone it's just random shouting into the ether so if you have anything pressing come to our office and tell us about it don't come to our office don't but don't if th- you throw th- throw things at our window don't if you do do live in the window. if you do live in the ether then you're fine
2: because you're going to get all the messages this is true. Unless you're talking about the ether, which
0: is the McGuffin from Thor The Dark World, in which case you're probably possessed by an ancient evil. Mm. Okay, well, either or. Don't come to our offices in that case. If, if you're possessed by an evil, ancient or otherwise, just don't come to our offices. Now, at this point in the show, generally speaking, we have the first of our two interviews. We have two guests a week, but we're changing up the format of the Empire podcast ever so slightly for the foreseeable future. Instead of having two guests each episode, we're going to have one guest each episode, each weekly episode, with, um, this is where it gets confusing, we're still going to have two guests a week, but one guest will have their own podcast special, okay? So, this week, Antonio Banderas is the subject of our podcast special in a very fun interview he did with Phil, back when Phil was still alive. Yes, do this now for that one, which means that this week we have one guest on the podcast, as I've already said, Sir Kenneth Branagh. Okay, does that make sense? I think so. if you're listening to this at home and if it makes sense to you, nod now. I think we've got a lot of nods there. Mm. That was good. That felt good. So instead of having an interview, we're going to barrel straight into movie news. Um, and this, God is a, there's a ton of movie news. There's just so much movie news.
2: Um, should we start with should we should we I don't know where should we start I've with got we should, one yeah Idris course. Elba is in talks for Star Trek Three as written. Yeah, by a Mr. Simon Pegg. He may well be the villain, so people are thinking, well, as the Star Trek movies have been dipping in and out and occasionally a little too in to previous Star Trek lore, what Star Trek villain of your will he be? The Borg. I really hope he's nothing. I hope he's totally new. I, I hope totally he new. is an entirely new concept, because uh, mm-hmm. not only is it himself a great... But this is the kind of big franchise. He's been kind of attached to different things, like obviously in Thor, he is his own little thing. But this would be a really good chance to see more of him in a big action blockbuster, which isn't Pacific Rim. I agree.
0: I agree. I don't know why I said it in that accent, but I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I spoke to Mr. Pegg about Star Trek uh, a while ago, and he said that they, yeah, they want to do they want to do new stuff. They want to do they want actually have the Enterprise boldly going where no one has gone before. Which would be interesting, and and not just stick around Earth, which is what they largely did in the the last movie, and not just mine Star Trek back catalogue for the greatest hits. To be fair, if they went to Baltimore, that would be pretty cool. (laughs) That would be awesome. Uh, And uh, Big Driss, as we know him on the podcast, we love him. Lufa!
2: So, uh, Mm. why not? Be a good villain. This brings me on to my next story. Is it Lufa? Lufa? Lufa!
0: Lufa! Stop it. Lex Lufa! You,
2: Jesse. Where were you on the night of the fifteenth? I was kicking Superman in the shins and then running away. For somebody whose name <laughs> is Luther, Luther yeah. doesn't often say his name a lot, just like casually. He does, doesn't he?
0: Luther does he?
1: No. Is it one of no. those things like the? Is it like the? Don't you throw your bleeding spears of British TV in the last couple of years? Like it's something that he's never really said, and that we've just created for him. <laughs> I mean, presumably, why would he ever say it? Never. Maybe other people might say it. It's John Luther. I'm sure he said Luther. Who's that? That's John Luther. I'm sure. I'm. I'm
3: sure.
0: You, you can think put a twenty-five minute super cut together of him <laughs> bellowing his own name from the how many episodes <laughs> 10 episodes of that tv show there have been over the last few years <laughs> it's just a
2: one-man play where you go Luther. um anyway jesse yeah. eisenberg. jesse jesse eisenberg at uh, luther we He's, saw his first the first image of the ball jesse eisenberg mm, yes mm. that's our story but it, that, you'll have to look <laughs> it up uh he looks really intense it's another black and white shot from uh, the uh, iphone 6 of Zack so uh, Snyder
0: says he is different from other Lex Luthor's, but I imagine he's pretty we'll much exactly see. the same as Lex Luthor's um, as the previous ones. Although, it has to be said, Gene Hackman obviously played the role as uh, you know with a comedic bent, and uh, Kevin Spacey was kind of in between. He, so it didn't really work when he turned all evil at the end and started literally shiving Superman with Kryptonite, which is what he does at the end of uh, Superman Returns. Uh, so I yeah. imagine this Jesse Eisenberg
1: version will be more sinister and yeah. What else do yeah. we know about it? Dan Jolin had an interesting theory, a sentence I'm not, I'm not moved to to, to utter that often. Um, <laughs> about the last one, which was that he thought that that the Luther um, Corp would end up being part of the reconstruction of the city that had been waste laid waste to yes. at the beginning of the end of Man of Steel, uh-huh. which I thought was quite an interesting one. The idea that actually. This is a man that's kind of ingrained within the fabric of of the city. Um,
2: you, you, you see the player. signs yeah. of Lex Corps exactly. on the skyscrapers. So, so
1: maybe that's something that will, yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah, so, in,
2: in the fight scene on top of the uh, not finished uh, building, mm. uh, it's got Lex Corp all over it. So yeah. it makes a lot of sense.
1: It does. I I guess if I'm, yeah, without getting all highfalutin, the idea that you have a big sort of corporate magnate is quite ingrained in sort of American culture isn't it so he's got an interesting villain for the title that was really yeah. wanky no no no, it's, it's
0: true but you know, so there must be people out there who must be looking at lex luthor and going why is that guy just punching the good guy you know why is the guy in the blue cape the red cape and the blue tights <laughs> punching the good guy there must be people who look at lex luthor entrepreneurs yeah. ruthless entrepreneurs who've stabbed people in the back to get to the top with <laughs> kryptonite be, it must yeah it must be looking at lex luthor as some sort of hero. shining light he's a hero yeah he
1: is yeah. a hero in many many ways he created Viber. He did not create vibe and if he would invented vibe he probably has his own apps though yeah but i mean he's part of that sort of american industrialist tradition and mm. i like that as a comic book idea it's it's quite it's clever and it mm. could be interesting i wonder I don't if know where batman's gonna fit into it though
0: well this is the thing is like also lex luthor obviously has no powers whatsoever apart from his big old brain and his even bigger bike account so how can you set that guy up and this is a problem that they've struggled with historically in the films certainly uh how do you set that guy up as a credible foe for the man who can kick the world into the sun. Speaking of things that uh, we can't show you because it's a podcast, but that are definitely out there for you to look at, uh, the Mm -hmm. teaser trailer and poster for Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, as it is now called, uh, debuted last week to great acclaim. In fact, debuted on Monday. The full trailer debuted on Monday. And I think... um, I really like this. I think it's going to be fantastic. Um, it's, it looks like the same old, but even better. Yeah. Really fun hook, which is that uh, the IMF are battling an evil organization, the anti-IMF, uh, as Simon Pegg says in the trailer, doing his best sedival gold voice. Um so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of fun. I like that. It's also essentially the plot of Spectre, so you can see why they may have brought Spectre uh, Mission Impossible forward ahead of Spectre. So maybe maybe we didn't really consider that. We at the time when they moved to forward from December to July. We didn't consider that. Hang on a second. We thought we were, they were moving away from Star Wars. Yeah. Well, actually, what they might have been doing was going this <clears throat> on paper at least as a f- relatively similar plot
2: to the Big mm. Bond movie maybe we should come out first. I reckon there's going to be a scene there where he da- he hurts himself and then has to fix himself with a ruler and a... That'd be amazing. Sellota- yeah. I suppose the biggest talking point is what we saw, like, kind of paparazzied. Of course, we didn't see it. Someone told us about it. We're better than that. Uh, the- Tom Cruise essentially um, stapled his hands to the side of a plane, just went for a ride because he was too cheap to pay for the effort. No, he <laughs> was doing this insane stunt... Yeah. Where he literally holds on to a military plane as it takes off and apparently they had to do it one, two, three, four, five times because they needed to get the shot. They
1: were so worried that there'd be bird strike. Yeah. Not on the
2: engine but on Tom Cruise.
1: The burnout rate amongst the people that work for the company that insures Tom Cruise must be huge. <laughs> Just the stress levels. What's he because done now? Whatever you think about Tom Cruise, yeah,
2: what, what, he's up where? Oh, I can only insure you if I don't know what you're doing.
0: He's tunneling to the centre of the Earth
1: with his bare hands. Oh, Tom! He's surfing down molten lava <laughs> without socks on. I mean, he's yeah. Whatever you think about him, he does his own stunts. Guys, and they
2: are crazy. Got some bad news. Tom Cruise has discovered Atlantis. He's also in need of uh, um, an air supply uh, but I- <laughs> seems like a typical
1: yeah but i mean you know full <laughs> props to the guy he's the era when you can have stunt doubles and cg stand-ins and whatever you want That's to amazing. do and he insists on doing his own craziness boring,
0: boring. hello i'm on the moon tom what are you doing on the moon get off the moon tom do you have a helmet no i'm in my pajamas <laughs> what? how did you get there tom
1: took the tube
0: oh tom
1: where does my phone go Ring, bring? <laughs> <Like, like laughs> it's a Fisher-Price telephone.
0: Hello, Tom Cruise's beleaguered partner. Hello, how am I direct your call? Oh, it's Tom again. What have you done now? I'm inside a lion's mouth.
2: Oh, again. How did you find a lion big enough? I bought one. Oh, Tom. I'm finding Hydra. Tom Anyway, so yeah, he was on a plane. Uh, it's such an iconic moment, they've decided. Actually, it is. It looks fantastic and it'll probably go down in history, but the poster is him yeah. hanging off the plane. That is that you know the
0: the, uh, the one minute teaser trailer for the teaser trailer came out the day before <laughs> the t- the trailer and it ends with that shot and the teaser tr- and the trailer ends with that shot as well and I think that shot more than anything just makes you go I need to see this film now because that's amazing when, when you saw the pap shots because it was in the, the I think the Daily Mail spread them all over the Daily Mail a few months ago when you saw the pap shots it was like you don't really appreciate exactly how batshit insane. That is. I mean, it's more insane than that incredible shot of him sitting on the top of the Burj Al Khalifa Mm. in jeans and bare feet Mm. with no rope to tether him. He did have a phone, though. Bring,
1: bring. Bring, bring. (laughs) Hi, Steve, it's Tom. You'll never guess where I am. Yes, I will. (laughs) Are are you clinging to the sun, Tom?
0: Sorry, Uh, I can't get reception here. (laughs) But that shot... Mm. More than anything, because the, the 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 camera is stationed on the plane, and you get an idea not just of the speed he's going at, which is very freaking fast, but also the just the, the sheer height of the plane as it gets as it takes off, and you just know that yes, we know he's strapped in, uh, with wires that have since been digitally erased. But you know that if yes, a bird hits him, or a young man, you know, fires a balloon up, and you know, or, there's a really or he heavy just gust of wind. Off, you know. There's no more Tom Cruise. No more Tom Cruise.
2: So, Hmm.
0: yeah. It's a bit
2: nuts. It is a bit nuts.
0: And what can you do for the next one?
2: You look at the image on the plane, when you actually look at the paparazzi shots, it's not, you think, oh, it's just a camera, like a big IMAX camera. Because of aerodynamics, it has to be this rounded thing. It looks like, if you remember CNA in like 1993, they had those security cameras which looked like terrible disco balls. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of them, but like super reinforced and you know IMAX worthy. For the
1: spy who loved me. In the, yes, the, in the exactly thing. like that. Yeah. Anyway, Amazing so that's a bit stuff. of colour for you. Amazing. Can uses use his gloves from the mission in, from the last one? That would have. Been. Yeah, th- th- that wasn't a real blues. thing. Oh, that wasn't a real thing. Film. Oh, I was getting mixed up. Bring, bring. Hello, <laughs> it's
0: me again. What have you done now? <laughs> Rattled down my pants. Oh god. <laughs> like,
2: I wet myself. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. On the moon. <laughs> Still on the moon. Mm, Tom. anyway there's so much news we better crack on yeah there's another lego movie coming out on jason siegel and our your friend and mindry pierce mm-hmm. of iron man 3 writing fame yes who's involved
0: in everything at the moment yes I he's, he's, he's i mean he
2: wrote the script this is my segue one of the scripts that became rogue nation is that right yes there we go so segue aha uh they're doing another lego movie this now means that there are three so there's batman there's ninjago mm. And the sequel.
0: I always say Ninja Girl, but that's wrong.
2: And here's another one, which is called The Billion Brick Race. Yes. Which presumably would involve a lot of bricks and a race. I hope it's going to be lots of cars, because the Lego cars are always fun and they can get more Technic going on. So I see a Technic movie coming here. Neither of them directed before. They've they've kind of done little bits, if that makes sense. So that's exciting.
1: Yeah, mm. that's very, very cool. Also, Ben Mendelsohn potentially signing up for Rogue One. Ben In talks. Mendelsohn, yes. And I think Ben Mendelsohn is superb. In everything he's in, even the things that aren't so brilliant. Where do I know him from, Phil? Ben Mendelsohn. Um, you'd know him if you um, you'd know him from Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. You'd know him from um, Black Sea. Yeah, Black Sea of course. He tends, yeah, he tends to be sort of shit in Night as, Rises. The, as the Dark Knight Rises.
0: Briefly, yeah. yep. Um, he is Mister. If you want someone to play someone who's slightly sweaty and sociopathic. Uh, then Ben Mendelsohn is your guy. He's currently in Bloodline, which
1: is the mm. uh, the Netflix series he's which is going down. Owning very well. Bloodline, mm. I would say. Killing Me Softly, killing, yeah, killing which, them softly. Killing them softly, exactly. Not the Fuji song. No. Um, he is really, really good in just about everything. He does yeah. a kind of a sweaty, slightly psychotic thing, but I think he can do more than that. I guess you'd look at him and think he may be some form of villainous element in this, mm-hmm. just from what he's done previously. But I'd like to see him do something slightly different because yeah. I think he's got great range and. He's a very, um, very, very talented actor and uh, an Australian, one of the best Australians out there at the moment.
0: I think he's very good, and I like this casting as well because uh, it'll piss off Jeff Wells of Hollywood Elsewhere, who, (laughs) who has mounted something of a hate campaign against Ben Mendelsohn recently. He's a Um, very strange man. Yeah, Uh, Jeff Wells not Ben Mendelsohn, and uh, so that's that's kind of uh, kind of fun as well. All very exciting news. Other things, just very quickly to mention. So. X-Men Apocalypse is added another cast member, another X-Man, uh, Jubilation Lee, a.k.a. Jubilee, um, who is a young lady who can fire, essentially fireworks and, and brightly coloured crackers out of her hands. Uh, she is a, in, in the comics, certainly whenever I started reading them, she is a, a very, very good friend, almost a sidekick of Wolverine, so that'll be interesting. She's played in this one. by Ali. The lady in question is called
2: Lana Condor. Lana Condor. Who sounds like a superhero... In of herself. But I do feel like there are just so many people in this film. It sounds a bit like Civil War. Mm. Uh, but who knows? If there's a man who can handle it, it's Brian Singer. Absolutely. Uh, Steven Spielberg will
0: direct, maybe, because he's been attached to a lot of stuff. Ready Player One, anyone know? Uh, any,
2: can anyone say anything about what Ready Player One is? It was written by, it's a novel written by Ernie Klein, uh, who's one of the guys who wrote Fanboys. Do you remember Fanboys with the whole George Lucas thing? Uh huh. Uh-huh. So he wrote this book where it's a. World where people log on to this online utopia, so kind of a Super Sim's, but uh, the Super Sim's type game is run by a Steve Jobs type mega mm. mega businessman, tech folk man, president and business, president super business, and he dies, and he decides to give his fortune to whoever can complete this game, the, this massive maze slash questionnaire quiz thing. So it's the adventure full of pop culture hat tips and knowledge and and references and whatever and it needs somebody who can get his get these little bits of, you know, say it's a reference to Link from um, Zelda and then the next one is, you know, something from Jaws like he obviously has one of those in the bag but he needs to bring together lots of little uh, references here. Um it's exciting uh nerds who have read the book, uh geeks whoever, myself included, are very very excited about this. So Yes, I agree. He's been linked to so much stuff that this may not happen, but Mm. it's Mm. a very interesting idea. Do you read up about it? Cool. Uh, Also, on Sunday, the Jemison Empire Awards. The 20th,
0: I believe. No way. Jemison Empire Awards uh, take place on Sunday at a top London location, hosted by Jimmy Nesbitt. Jimmy Nesbitt. And, um, yeah, very exciting. Going to be a cavalcade of stars. Uh, And you can uh, check out, obviously, our coverage of that in the next issue of Empire which is out at the end of April or you can go online empireline.com forward slash awards 2015 and you can see all our coverage from blogs to live tweeting and a live stream of the arrivals before the the show begins uh, I'll be on a patch of carpet it may or not may not be red, I don't know uh, and I'll be interviewing all the big names so do tune in for that and speaking of uh Empire while we're you know in self-aggrandizing mode new issues out yes it is. The new issue is out. New issue of Vampire, £3.99 and all good and evil news agents. What's on the cover, Phil?
1: Glad you asked, Chris. It's a film called Terminator Genisys. And how are we spelling that, Phil? We're spelling it it, with extra wise.
0: Extra wise. We've, we've, uh, you know, we've... We've resisted the urge to correct the spelling of Genesis. Uh, We've put Terminator Genesis on the cover. Arnold Schwarzenegger is there as the aged T-800 pops, alongside Emilia Clark as the new Sarah Connor. It's all very, very good. And if you check out the iPad edition, you can see an enhanced, very digitally enhanced cover, which is a lot of fun. And we worked together with the filmmakers on doing. It's, the, it's great stuff. And inside, obviously, there's a, a massive cover feature about the uh, about the movie. The, the latest Terminator film with director Alan Taylor, talking to Arnold Schwarzenegger, talking to all the cast members, talking to Amelia Clark, which then leads us into a massive Game of Thrones special, a celebration of the best TV show that I haven't seen. Um, season 5 is upon us and there's it's just an enormous celebration of of all things uh, gamey and throney. Uh, we also talked to Kit Harington. We have a, a celebration of Canon Films, who are the 80s madmen, uh, Gollum and Globus. Uh, who made all sorts of really incredible schlock. Uh, Kerry Mulligan is the Empire interview this month as well, which is a lot of fun. There are great set visits from the likes of um, Pan. We were on set of Pan. Uh, There's a great Mr. Holmes piece written by uh, the man to my right, Mr. Ali Plum, who talked to Saria McKellen. Um, there's, There's tons of great stuff in there. A bit more about Neil Blomkamp talking about Alien 5. This month's pint of milk is Mr. James Corden, a very, very funny one. Simon Pegg, Takes us through the best and worst moments of his career, and uh, it's it's a very very good jam packed issue. So do pick it up. Three pounds ninety nine. All good and evil
1: news agents. And for fans of me of Empire Heritage, the return mm-hmm. of script notes. The return of script notes. Yes.
0: Time for this week's guest. Sir Kenneth Branagh has been a bloody legend ever since he was a wunderkind in his twenties, bestriding the worlds of theatre and film like a colossus. His directorial career. Tapered off, it's probably fair to say, in recent years But he has returned with a vengeance recently With the likes of Thor Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit And uh, now this week's Disney live-action Fairy tale, Cinderella Which has been a huge hit in the States I went along to speak to him last week We're delighted to be joined, well I'm delighted to be joined On the Emperor podcast by Sir Kenneth Branagh Hello sir, how are you? Hi Chris, I'm very well, thank you very much Excellent, excellent. I've literally just come from The screen room where I've seen Cinderella And I'm I'm still aglow Uh, (laughs) uh, It's such a sweet charming earnest film yeah it's a very sincere film and I imagine that's a tonal decision you had to make very early in the process yeah
3: it's heartfelt I'd say it was heartfelt and and, and passionate Cinderella's mother um, uh, as part of her sort of dying words encourages her daughter to have courage and be kind and in a way that the the film was driven by the having the courage to make a film that's about kindness Mm. and uh, make it a, a very powerful thing and a very active thing and let it be embodied by a character who could express that without seeming, you know, naive or unsophisticated.
0: You're no stranger, recently, at least, to long worldwide searches for, you know, your leading uh, leading actor in a, in a film. Obviously, after Thorne, Chris Hemsworth, and finding him eventually, uh, I imagine finding Lily James was that difficult finding the right Cinderella, or did you turn on down to one day and there she was?
3: <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> the. Uh, It was inevitably uh, time-consuming because the script was evolving and what we were after required quite a lot of subtlety on the part of the actress to convey this inner strength but not to simper, not to be saccharine or Mm. sappy. To be smart, first time we see grown-up Cinderella, she's reading a book. We needed to believe that was a girl who looks like she reads books and yes. responds wittily and quick-wittedly around them and to circumstances, whether it's with uh, snarky stepsisters or amusing mice, that you feel a, <laughs> you feel a reactive presence, you know, somebody who's, who's in the moment yes. and uh, spontaneous. And she, she has all of that sense of fun. Um, I mean, her experience on Downton was a great boon to us because... Uh, you know, she has all that experience in front of a camera, all that experience in front of people like Maggie Smith and Penny Wilton and and Phyllis Logan. All these people she's watching and learning from and clearly has, um, and that sense that she would be able to deal with the uh, the responsibility of playing a big part like this mm. in a big big movie. No, no mean feat. Mm. So. Uh, that, combined with her ability across a long audition process to still be playful at the end of it rather than crazed and desperate, uh, <laughs> w- w- was also a very winning characteristic.
0: <laughs> and uh, you have Richard Madden as well in this, and uh, he's fantastic in the film as well. And you've, you've really fleshed out the prints and given him you know, a background with, with to, this relationship yeah. with uh, Derek Jacobi's uh, father. But uh, I, w- I was just relieved to see him survive a wedding.
3: Yeah, as you know, he's had he's had problems with weddings in the past, yeah. and uh, we were very careful to keep the colour red away from him <laughs> uh, uh, during the process of filming this. He got very very sensitive, very twitchy. Yeah, um, no, it was great to have him and and Lily. They have a tremendous on screen chemistry, and uh, again, you know, Richard benefits hugely from this. Um, previous experience of uh, extensive work in front of a camera with a great cast on, on challenging material. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he, he he presents a thoughtful and considerate companion to Cinderella who, who he meets, and she in turn meets him before mm-hmm. the ball. There's a sense of two people who don't know each other. Uh, they don't know each other's identity at that time, so there's a reality to their initial connection that, that makes for a belief in the possibility of their Relationship and they do that with fun and they do it with uh, intelligence and a teasing quality, and, and just this, 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 this sort of sense of being right there in the moment. Both of them mm. feel like they're evolving through the movie. Yes. And I think that that's really crucial and a, a big tribute to their capacity to, to act as, 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 as sort of naturally on film as they do here.
0: And uh, how far advanced are the plans to reunite them on stage?
3: Uh, we, uh, we'll be probably announcing something very shortly, but we're, we're working together on this production of Romeo and Juliet, which will be a very, exciting, a very exciting adventure for all of us. And just grew out of a kind of natural conversation about a desire to work together again. And uh, so I'm looking forward to it very, very much. Um, it's, it's been really a joy to get to know the pair of them.
0: And you're going to be stationed at the Garrick for quite a while. Is that, is that right?
3: Again, well, I suppose I don't want, in theory, I'm not supposed to c- c- confirm a ton, of, a ton of details at this point because I, I don't want to frustrate people who then try and get a ticket immediately. But I would say that we will very shortly... Okay. be um you know <laughs> reve- revealing details of, of how that's all without being too coy about it. It's okay. just my only concern is to just make sure that when people hear they they, they know how to get there mm. it's going to be happening very soon
0: and interesting it, it's interesting that you are may be going back to the theater for uh, a prolonged yeah, yeah, yeah. period of time because it, it feels to me and i don't know whether you you agree as well but this feels like a the second act of your directorial career mm-hmm. uh, with movies and do you feel that way and do you feel also you know with the success of thor and and cinderella that there's a that element of striking while the iron is hot and it's interesting that you may be moving away from that
3: yeah <laughs> you sound like my agent who <laughs> might be. So, do you want to, to give say. me 10% <laughs> by all means i'm always happy uh, well i think you know you have to follow or at least my experience is, is you have to follow the uh you know your your creative instincts and mm. try and work out what makes you happy and um a lot of my Best directorial work on film has followed extensive periods in the theatre. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think these are three biggish films back to back that um, I think sometimes it's worth a little period of uh, re- reflection. Also, sometimes, although great to strike while the Iron hot, I've done a lot of that in my life, mm-hmm. but um, there's also, uh, you know, taking a bit of a moment to also. You know respond to where you feel you want to go next in terms of scale or um you know type of material mm-hmm. or um you know all those kind of things but essentially you're hoping for um either things that you've developed yourself yes to come to fruition or that terrific surprise that just gets you very excited and, and, and passionate and i think you know, sometimes life can be a bit about planning and sometimes it can be a bit about the surprise. So I'm excited about what we've got planned for the theatre. And, you know, the, the, the world of film is never excluded because the, the whole conversation between film, theatre and TV is one that's been going on in my professional life uh, from mm. the beginning. So yeah. I suspect it'll go on in, some, in much the same way.
0: Obviously, oh, so you've got Wallander coming up as well. Which you've, you've, you filmed those. Are, those are done.
3: Yes, we have. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've finished uh, the last three uh, one was shot in South Africa, uh, based on the, the the novel *The White Lioness*, and then the last Wallander the novel, *The Troubled Man*, which is a beautiful, beautiful novel, will be covered by two ninety-minute films right at the end of the series, directed by a young man called Ben Caron, mm-hmm. um, who's done a fantastic job. Um, I loved doing loved doing them, and it was um, there was a great sense of um, satisfaction to get to the end of these novels and these short stories that we've uh, adapted, and and in true Henning Mankell Wallander fashion. It is unbelievably bleak and tough <laughs> and dark at the end of this story. Uh, it, you know, if you if you see Cinderella and think, "Well, well, oh, I see what Ken's doing now." So, one it has got to be a happy ending. I wouldn't bet on that. <laughs>
0: no spoilers, please. No spoilers. <laughs> but uh, was Cinderella, in a way, a, a surprise for you? Did it did it come out
3: of left field? Did I? I, I just made two films that were very um, male, and mm. uh, so to 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 have such a a clearly um, proactive female uh, protagonist, and indeed antagonist, and for it very much to be a woman's movie. If I, can, I can't think of a better way of putting it than that at the moment, mm. but I will, um, was surprising, and 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 yet, you know. A world, a heightened world in which magic occurs at the center of which family dynamics are uh, are, are, uh, passionate and complicated, I suppose, is is maybe not uh, missing from my previous CV. So maybe it wasn't rocket science for Disney to put that together.
0: Uh, how, did it get, how did it actually come to you? How did you get involved? And- um,
3: it, it just came out of a clear blue sky. Although I knew Sean Bailey, the president of Disney, mm-hmm. and I knew Chris White quite well. We'd worked together on a script which I loved, a story I loved and a movie I loved which we just couldn't get made. Okay. So I'd had the experience of working with Chris and I knew that we, our sensibilities meshed and uh, I admire him very much as both writer and director. And he was a great ally on this because of his experience in both those um, departments. Uh, very open and and so I was able to have a really in-depth conversation with him as soon as I read the script and, and knew that we could You know work together on the way I hoped to inflect it um, and Disney were very collaborative and they you know that They the really essentially let me get on with it, you know mm-hmm. uh, uh, Dante Ferretti and Sandy Powell and Kate Blanchett were already involved and mm-hmm. uh, I was very happy about that and um So it began in a way, in the usual way, which is a script arrives, and and we might have talked about this before, but um, I I like that first reading of a script that looks like it's an interesting idea to be as ritually calm and separate as possible. I always try and create an afternoon or something or a morning. I'd go... I'll 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 go to a quite separate place, um, you know, either in the house or an office, or I'll go and be, you know sit in a park or somewhere where I can just uh, be on my own with it and sort of have a have a pure reaction to it. Mm-hmm. I don't like to, I don't like anybody to pitch it to me. Well, Cinderella's going to be this. Cinderella. Oh no 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 no! I want to start from the, <laughs> I want to start from page one. I because I, I, I enjoy that feeling. I always think it's. That that moment, that special moment when you understand whether this could be something you want to do, mm. has for you to be the equivalent of those lights going down in that cinema and that audience. Are they already feeling excited? What do you see when you see page one? You know, are you, is it getting you going or not? And it's um, I, I, I take a lot of trouble over it because that when you when you know it starts to get a bit sticky at various times, which is often. It's good to remember that you were thrilled that morning. Yes. Um, yeah. when, when you you know turn the first page over and uh, so I, I really guard that experience uh, jealously
0: so at what point do you know a script is going to go either way do you know it's going within to within 10 pages within 20 within I think the first? you know pretty much yeah.
3: straight away mm-hmm. you, you, know, you, you know if you're hooked or not and sometimes when you're so hooked if it goes astray for 20 pages you can you can live with it and come back if you feel the the sensibility is, is, is strong and clear and there's a sort of direction to it it's very um, it's very exciting and you know conversely th- your heart sinks when you just feel sometimes you could admire something that's gonna um, that it, it, you aren't gonna do but you, you, I'm talking about only a personal reaction to whether you could conceive of mm-hmm. living with that thing for two years while you try and make a movie of it. Always assuming, which I do, is that you, you know you might say yes. And bear in mind, I get this. I might be one of ten people reading the same script. They say we're offering this to an exclusive group of filmmakers, and essentially, <laughs> essentially, you just—it's really an audition process. You know, I wish yes. I could tell you. Oh, they just land on my desk. What do you want to do, Ken? That's not it. That's not how it works. Okay. Um, you know, it's there are too many talented people about. So you know, when it, when it comes that way, it. It's, uh, you know that it's saying yes is just the beginning you know mm. then it's oh, we are not sure about the budget no oh, we don't know if we're gonna shoot it in Lithuania or, or Mars um, <laughs> and so it goes on so that initial reading make sure you have fun because you'll need that to sustain you across all the ups and downs of making it
0: do you put together mood boards and presentations when you're pitching for things like this
3: um, it depends it depends um, Uh, I mean, this was unusual because um, you know the the art department work was advanced. So in a way, what had to happen was when I came aboard, I needed to see whether it was I I gelled with all of that, and then I did have notes about how I wanted it to change, and was everybody happy about that? Um, And so that becomes just a a conversation. So I didn't have to do too much of the dancing this time, Um, but um, uh, and and it's a bit it's a bit simpler for me now because there is a kind of sense of what my sensibilities appear to be in as yes. far as they can be understood at this point all the things that uh, you know are, are common to some of the films that are unlikely to perhaps throw me or that I might be interested in so uh, um, e- even though I've got, I think I've got a bit of a reputation for eclecticism uh, <laughs> there's also there are also some common themes that mean uh, people usually don't get on the phone to me unless, they, they, unless they, it looks like it's going to be somewhere in my wheelhouse <laughs>
0: no one's offering you Saw 8 for example Uh Great script.
3: Great script. Great, great script. Very bloody, Chris.
0: Yeah. It's very bloody. The way well, everyone bloody. dies at the end. A lot but, of teeth. Uh, yeah. A lot of teeth. Very strange. A lot, very of, strange. A lot of cartilage. <laughs> a lot of cartilage. Very strange. And, uh, and one last thing. Uh, Cinderella is obviously part of Disney's, and this is a word I promise you, live actionification. Of their animated back catalogue, that is a word. Uh,
3: Where, what, what, what planet's a word from? It's 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 in one of the dictionaries. Um, <laughs>
0: but uh, obviously, we have the Jungle Book coming up. We have Beauty and the Beast. We have Tim Burton's just been announced to direct Dumbo. Uh, what's your take on on this policy, this new Disney policy? I think it's fascinating. But
3: um, I think it's it's a I'd call it a creative direction. You know, the the uh, they have this unique relationship to fairy tales uh, through through their animated. Um, um library so it it, it, a discussion of those stories and how they work and their 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 kinship with their animation division and with pixar and everything that just as it were at a high level they understand story and Mm. they they have a, a real view on how on how these stories are told and um you know they have real experience of dealing with what audiences expectations are and whether they might try and meet them or change them or move them and i think i think um Sean Bailey, who's the president of Disney, I think is very, very much a, an architect of this plan with Alan Horn, the chairman. I think it, 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 they just see, they basically see the chance for imagination to be unleashed by filmmakers. There's mm-hmm. a great opportunity for them and that the, these are stories that it would seem people wish to see again and because it, 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 they become stories that aren't so much to do exclusively with seeing something um, for the first time, but t- to reliving part of their childhood, reliving it for their children with their children and children with their parents there's a, there's a ritual to it which, which goes beyond um, what the films are about and is mm. to do with the sort of cultural legacy of fairy tales
0: and, and, and was there any uh, discussion at any point about incorporating songs for example about being more slavishly
3: I was given a pretty free hand about, about how to relate if, if at all to the original 1950 animated classic and uh, it seemed to me a very natural you know um, Response from me anyway to not Want to put songs I knew we'd be Heavily musical with a great score from Patrick Doyle and um, we'd leave the songs right To the end and uh, we'd ease up On mice and cats uh, With, <laughs> with, um, with uh, A gun held to my head but it seemed Every woman I ever met when I told them I was doing this Said is Gus Gus in and by the end I felt If Gus Gus isn't in I'm out um, So uh, that, that decision was Made through the power of public opinion
0: And how big was Gus Gus's trailer?
3: Gus Gus's trailer was a subject of real concern because he was one of those m- mouse mice mice uh, <laughs> that, that really gets out and he, he has a tape measure runs it across the other trailers and stuff and that and that wasn't just it it wasn't just the trailer which about which he was bitter and twisted I'm very sad to report this mm-hmm. about Gus Gus he was however assuaged when we really addressed the the the, the um, um, you know the root of the problem usually with actors it, it's money or billing or both and of course with Gus Gus. It's cheese. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, uh, Sir Ken, thank you very much. Thank Thank you. you.
0: What a lovely man. In fact, today I have to do a one-hour onstage Q&A with him. uh, Yeah, which is going to be a lot of fun. uh, Trolling through the highlights of his career. And that man has had a lot of highlights in his career. And I don't just mean in his hair. Like, much to do about nothing. But, you know, that wasn't... He's not naturally lap blonde But, um, yeah, very cool. Shall Very cool. We,
2: shall we review that film as our first review? Shall uh, we? I think it's important before we talk about this film that I set up the plot, okay? so Cinderella. You be careful. Okay. Because this is going to get complicated. Okay. An orphaned girl, mm-hmm. here played by Lily James, mm-hmm. is kept as a servant by her wicked stepmother, Oh, God. Kate Blanchett, but shown a way out by Prince Richard Madden and a fairy godmother, Helena Bonham Carter. There's this big gold carriage. She wears a blue dress. Glass slipper, mm-hmm. you know the score. Bish bash bosch. loafer, you know, <laughs> you know how it goes. Tom Cruise explodes. It's a fantastic film. You've seen versions of this. Over I, years. I, I'm Ophé. Okay My favourite
0: is a Cinderella story. Good news is that this um, is a very very sweet, charming, very earnest, very heartfelt film. I liked it a lot. Um, if leave your cynicism at the door, because the film certainly does. This is not a movie that that cocks a snoop at Cinderella or sticks his tongue in his cheek. Although Helena Bonham Carter is a lot of fun when she turns up for one scene as the fairy godmother, it is um, it's a film that takes the the source material at face value and presents a movie that I think because I'm not a seven year old girl, but were I to be a seven year old girl, I think this would be my new favourite film, uh, and I think it's going to be a film that a, a is very very good for families. Uh, It's been a huge hit in the States. It also has Frozen Fever, the new short uh, featuring the Frozen characters and a new Frozen song uh, affixed to the front of the movie. So that's another reason to go and go see it. But uh, it's very, very, very well done. Uh, Lily James is very winning indeed as Ella... Uh, you know, she carries the movie. She's pretty much in, in scene on screen in every single scene. Richard Madden has a nice little bit of depth given to Prince Charming, who's a character that has literally no depth and has never previously had a name. So, <laughs> so the fact that he even has a name uh, shows that you know they they've advanced this story along a little bit. Um, but Kate Blanchett's having all sorts of fun. They had Kate Blanchett with the budget. They had Kate Blanchett with the costumes, and she she does a variety of grand entrances. Her her entrance in this movie, I think, is is destined to be become one of the all-time movie great entrances. Is she's, it Wicked? It's, it's not... It's, is, it, the, is it Wicked? It is Wicked, man. Do you it's Wicked. Do
2: really you um, like it?
0: I did really like it, yeah. Yeah, she's very, very good in this. And, uh, yeah, I'm loving it's it. Just, it's just a lot of fun. There are no songs, which you may be delighted to hear, uh, but it just has a nice rollicking pace and will leave you with a big old smile. on your I would character. have thought uh, Rihanna would
2: have done the title song.
0: Uh, three stars for Cinderella, but I think if you're in a certain frame of mind and if you're a certain age, it might even be a four. Who knows? Uh, it's a lot of films to get through this week and we don't have a lot of time because people are banging on the door about to kick us out of the pod booth. Uh, so, mm. where should we go
1: next? Let's go to SpongeBob SquarePants. Why not? Why not? Um, I I have to say, I'm not immersed in the SpongeBob mythos. I haven't really seen the last film and I, to this point, thought that he was a form of tofu. But <laughs> um, I, I, this movie is just mental. I mean, there's no two ways about it. I had a really good time I was expecting virtually nothing, and I came out with a big smile on my face. It, it's a film that does have its tongue in its cheek. I'm not going to get into the plot. Basically, the 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 subsea kingdom presided over um, uh, by SpongeBob and his mates. Um, the, the recipe, this, the secret formula for the Krabby Patty, has been stolen by what I can only describe as some form of almond on legs with eyeballs. I don't know. He's a villain. I believe he's part of the mythos that I didn't really. I'm not really appraised of, um, and. Antonio Banderas plays a pirate who's kind of in a meta way writing the story as he goes. Burger Princess beard. Bride style. Burger beard, thank you very much. He's got a big beard. He's got a... He's wildly over the top. And as we talked about in the interview that you can hear elsewhere, um, he is having a blast in this film and he carries you with him. The whole thing is entirely deranged. If you remember the beginning of the of Madagascar 3, which is kind of a Dali-esque sequ- dream sequence, that's a whole film of that, really. Mm. It's kind of crazy um, in a really good way. I mean, we gave it three stars. If you're in the right frame of mind, you could even go one more. Um, I would say it is delirious and loopy and the plot is really neither here nor there. There's just lots of puns, lots of wordplay, lots of ridiculousness and over-the-topness and um, I had a fun time watching it.
0: I'm dying to see this because you described one scene with Matt Berry
1: as a talking dolphin
0: Uh, just happy on the floor laughing just from your description of it and so I really, really want to see it. So three stars for SpongeBob SquarePants, Sponge Out of Water. Is Sponge Out of it's Yes the name of the, the, the SpongeBob Movie okay. Sponge Out of Water. Spongebob movie is Sponge Out of Water. Right. Uh let's move on very quickly to Oh Lord. Um lots of films. Next up let's talk about uh well, let's talk about Robot Overlord, shall we? We had Sir Bing Kingsley on the podcast last week. He's the bad guy. Robin Smythe hmm. in this uh rather fun, kiddie friendly fantasy.
1: Yeah. Very film. much in the spirit of of Amlin in the sort of in the kind of '80s, I suppose you'd say, and mm. it's very likable. Um, the the setup is, as we mentioned, um, the, the 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 planets under martial law. Basically, you can't really be outside for more than I think thirty seconds before some form of droid flying or, or, or kind of walking comes in and, and threatens you with uh, evisceration. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, a little kind of shades of of, of the beginning of. Uh, P two, I would say, in the in the world with less skulls being crunched underfoot, um, and the kids have figured out a way of everyone's got a, a chip implant in their mind, and they've 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 stumbled upon a way of um, of circum circumventing it, so they can go out and not be detected, and from there unfolds a magical adventure as they try to shake off the evil robot overlords of the title. And uh, Robin Smythe pops up with his bow tie and his baseball cap and uh, and plays the role of collaborator effectively. Um, Gillian Anderson is is the mum who gets gets her game on as the movie goes on, becomes more involved in the schemes mm-hmm. of the kids. Um, I look it's very likable. It's it's fun. Um, it's very three stars for me, I would say, which is kind of what we've given it. What would you? What would be your thoughts? Yeah, I'd say so
0: as well. It's you know, it's good fun. It feels a bit like a slightly bigger budget. It's got good performances all the way through from the likes of uh, Gillian Anderson, Sir Ben, as we've said, uh, Callan McAuliffe, who is an Australian actor doing a very good English accent. I didn't know he was yeah. Australian. I had to look him up um, uh, as the as the young hero. Uh, if you will, and this one's Sean. Uh, you know, decent special effects. It's, it's well marshaled, well written by uh, uh, John Wright and Mark Stay. Uh, John Wright, of course, directed Grabbers most recently. This is a uh, not quite the same movie as that, but um, it was shot in and around mostly around Northern Ireland. So I got a bit of kick out of seeing places like Bangor and uh, whatnot. Uh, so that was that was good fun. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's fine. It 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 moves along. It rattles along at a good old lick.
1: Yeah, the the, the robot design was. Kind of very 80s, yeah. and the sense of place is quite important, isn't it? It's like a coastal town, so it's got a bit of a got a bit of a "wish you were here" feel to it in a weird way. Somewhere between "wish you were here" and Terminator, um, which is a pretty big <laughs> space to fill, I just, I'd accept. But yeah, likable, not not epic in scale. I think the Doctor Who analogy is not, not an unfair one. Um, you know, and it looks pretty decent on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. <laughs> So yeah, fine. So yeah. So yeah, three stars. Oh, three
0: stars for Robot Overlords. Uh, also out this week is, and we're not going to talk about this one in depth, believe me. But is uh, Seventh Son, uh, which was meant to come out about two years ago, and it stars Jeff Bridges, Julianne Moore, formerly of this podcast, of course, and Ben Barnes, uh, and is a, a tale of a young sorcerer's apprentice, if you will, a young man who is the seventh son of a seventh son, and he is uh, chosen to become the the man who will kill all the evil in a, in a medieval realm. And uh, it's not very good. And and you don't really uh, or you're under no illusions why it was put on the shelf for about two years uh, two stars also out this week is the latest Michael Witterbottom film it feels like he's uber prolific but I don't think he's made a film for about four weeks so I think he's losing his touch um, so this is The Face of an Angel and it is inspired by initially I thought it was a straight uh, dramatisation of the Amanda Knox uh, Meredith Kircher story which if, if you know that there's a rather uh, grubby story of, of murder in Italy and um, you know but it's not it's a fictionalised account of a fictionalised murder which may or may not bear resemblance to the case Daniel Brühl is a filmmaker uh, who is Studying, researching the case and uh, it begins to take over his life and he maybe begins to lose his bearings a little bit professionally and personally as it goes along. Daniel Bull is very, very good in this. Uh, so is Kate Beckinsale and so is Cara Delevingne, which mm. is uh, interesting. She's beginning an assault on the movies, mm. uh, having dominated the world of, of modelling for a while. Uh, three stars for Michael Winterbottom's latest. And then, of course, there's Get Hard, the movie which pairs Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart to alleged comic effect. Um, it's got a lot of flack in the States uh, some people have accused of him being racist, homophobic. Um, judge for yourselves. Uh, all we know is that it's unfunny. Uh, two stars. Forget <laughs> hard. Um, and that's pretty much it. It's you know it's a it's a big old week this week. Yeah. Uh, and that is it for this week's Emperor podcast. Uh, join us next week for more film-related fun. We will be joined by Ronald D. Moore, who's the creator of Battlestar Galactica and the Amazon show Outlander. Obviously, he did a lot of Star Trek as well. Uh, so that's that's a very fun interview. And our special. Our separate podcast interview will be with the legendary Greg Nicotero, who's the special effects genius who went on to become a bastion of The Walking Dead. Uh, so he started off in the likes of Day of the Dead and Evil Dead too. He's a really, really good guy and it's a fascinating interview, so uh, do tune in for that one as well. And don't forget our Antonio Banderas podcast, which is also available to listen to. Until next week, it is goodbye from Ali. Goodbye to you. Goodbye to you, Ali Plum. Uh, it's goodbye from Phil. I made it. I'm I, still here I know I don't I, I'm, I'm honestly surprised <laughs> <laughs> and there's that. that's comedy that's timing that's timing that is you timing. can't buy
1: that Phil's just in a goodbye massive goodbye everyone apologies for the snottiness
2: pyramid like a pyramid of Frere roche, but it's just tissue wrappers yeah. I'm off to
0: catch Phil's cold I think um, uh, yeah and it's goodbye for me I'm off to talk Tom Cruise down from the
1: moon see you next week bye bye